welcome listeners to the Changing Lanes podcast, brought to you by Road to Change Coaching with me, Janine Georges. We have developed these podcasts to help you find the strength, the courage and determination to switch into whatever lane necessary to get you through this thing called life. So if you're ready to outrun adversity, let's begin. Listeners, we are back for our 12th episode and I am delighted to be playing on whatever listening device that you are using in whatever location. I've heard that I'm listened to in walks in the park, in the gym, car journeys, whilst cooking. But thank God I haven't heard that I've been listened to on the toilet. But if you do, please make sure you keep that one to yourself. We are now in March, three months into the year already. Can you believe it? How are you feeling knowing you are a quarter of the way into the year? This is the time that most resolutions would have been long forgotten about. But if you are still doing them, good on you. My gym has gone back to the way I like it, empty. And I'm really quite happy about that. In the last episode, we spoke about communication. We spoke about what makes communication effective and the steps needed to improve it. Now, I haven't got loads of time today to feedback from previous episodes, I'm afraid, as we have a big episode coming up for you. So we will feedback in episode 13. What else has been happening over these past few weeks? Well, I just celebrated another year of birth and I couldn't give more blessings for everything and everyone I have in my life. I am getting older, 29 and some loose change. And each time I get a little bit older, it always makes me reflect on my thoughts and because they can sometimes take a small little mini dive despite my years of personal development training. So listeners, do birthdays do that to you? Do they make you reflect or even entertain negative thoughts that you never usually give airtime to? The thing that birthdays do for some people over a certain age is they make you start spending a lot of time inside your own mind, thinking about or even sometimes worrying about the future, replaying events in the past and generally focusing on the parts of your life that may leave you feeling dissatisfied. While these are common, these negative thoughts can sometimes prevent you from enjoying your life and distract you from focusing on what's important. Maybe it's not just birthdays or even significant events that make you feel when you wake up, you have unhelpful and negative thoughts which deplete your energy, lower your mood, or even make you feel anxious and depressed. In episode three, what feels like a long time ago, we spoke about challenging, limiting beliefs and the assumptions or perceptions that you've gathered about yourself, which could hold you back from your true potential. But today, We want to expand on this and look at how negative thoughts affect your mood and what you can do to challenge them. The good news today, listeners, is that in today's episode, we have brought to you a very, very special guest to talk to us about replacing negative thinking patterns. And this guest has not only got 10 years worth of NHS clinical background in CBT, but she also has her own practice called Psych Me. So I would like us all to welcome Nabila Elzanati from Psych Me. So welcome Nabila. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. And you? I'm really good. I'm feeling right as rain, literally. <laughs> um, and it's actually nice to have someone to have a conversation with rather than just hearing my own voice. Mm. So I think, Nabila, if we just want to give you a few minutes to just talk about who you are and what you do. Okay, so as you kindly introduced me, my name is Nabila um, and I am a CBT therapist. So that's a cognitive behavioural psychotherapist. Um, I work in both NHS and private settings. 
And also I set up a company in 2012 in promoting well-being at work by going into organizations um, and helping them adopt better mental health practices. Okay. I, I also work for an NHS service which offers free CBT to anyone 16 and older with anxiety and low mood disorders. Good, that sounds very interesting. So I think one of the first questions that my listeners would like to know uh, is just tell us what exactly is CBT? Yeah, sure. So. Um, Cognitive behaviour therapy is a form of talking therapy um, with a strong evidence base for people experiencing common mental health problems such as low mood, loss of interest or pleasure in doing things, um, negative and self-critical thinking, uh, social withdrawal, excessive worrying, anxiety and panic attacks that leads to the avoidance of say places or things that interfere with everyday life. It's suitable for people who are motivated to change um, and interested in a solution focused approach. So it's usually a short term therapeutic approach, usually involving about 50 minute sessions over a period of time. Okay, so just to clarify then, who is CBT best suited for? What kinds of people going through what? So I think in my practice, we work with a range of anxiety and low mood disorders. Um, But I'd say the most common ones that we get are work-related stress, um, generalized anxiety disorder, which Mm -hmm. we also know as worry, um, depression, and probably I'd say low self-esteem. Yeah. Um, But there's also a scope for things like PTSD, OCD, health anxiety, social anxiety, panic, phobias, so things like that. Wow, listeners, that was a long comprehensive list there. So some of the things Nabila just touched on, do you suffer with any of those or have you? Or maybe you know someone who is suffering and you want to be able to help them in some way. So Nabila, today's episode is about negative thoughts and emotions. How would you define negative thoughts and emotions? Um, So really it's any thought or feeling that causes a level of distress. Um, So we often refer to them as hot thoughts. Hot thoughts, listeners. (laughs) Okay. Um, For example, the thought might be, I am stupid. And then the emotion that would follow that would be one of low mood or anxiety or frustration. So what we often talk about is this thought feeling connection. You know, you have the thought and we have to understand how that affects your mood. Interesting. Nabila, you would say that your thoughts do play a role in determining your mood. 100%. And that's actually also backed up by some scientific studies, isn't it? Yes, um, I think there's been a lot of comprehensive research done on the effect that the way that we think affects the way that we feel. And then that then has an impact on the way that we behave. And also how we respond physically. So how our bodies give us signs that we're not doing so well. I couldn't agree more. Listeners, does this sound like you? Have you ever experienced anything like this? So in other words, and Nabila, correct me if if I'm wrong, because you are the subject matter expert in this, um, people who have reoccurring cycles of negative thoughts are more likely to be anxious or depressed. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have negative thoughts from time to time. I think that's normal. Um, But it's when it impairs your functioning that we know that you're more likely to then get, say, a diagnosis of depression or anxiety disorders because it's more chronic. Uh, And then we know that we're likely to see some problems. In saying that, you would say thinking more positive thoughts will more likely make you be happy? Yep, definitely. I think it's it's very much... In a perfect world. Yeah, in a perfect world. (laughs) And I think generally it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, to think in positive ways when there's a lot going on in your life or 
you know, you've gone through a bereavement or a relationship breakup, the the treatment, I suppose, what we work with in CBT is how do we change the way that you think about things okay. in order for you to feel better? Now, an analogy that I've used to use, and you've probably heard of this before as well, when I'm talking about negative thoughts and how they hold you back, is the story of the elephant. Mm. Um, and I'll just say again, I might have said this before in a previous episode, but it always does actually stick with me. So in India, when training elephants, handlers begin by chaining one of the elephant's legs to a tree. Over time, they gradually decrease the size of that chain until all that is left is a flimsy string to hold that elephant. Now, it's not the string that restrains this massive animal. It's the elephant's mind. So your mind can keep you stuck and hold you back in all areas of your life, just like the elephant's string. Um, And negative thinking can destroy, it can pick apart, it can criticise your every move and your decisions. The evidence from those decisions aren't concrete, are they? No. And I think it's it's very opinion-based, you know? we. We start to form thoughts and and the ways interpretations as such of how we make sense of events. But that is where we have room for change. Yeah. So when we're saying that we've all had negative thoughts at some stage in our life, when does it become a problem, I guess? Um, I suppose it goes back to the impairment on your functioning when you feel that you're no longer doing things that you would have previously done because of the way that you're feeling and therefore the way that you're thinking. So when we see that there's a change in behavior or say, for example, you're staying longer in bed and not wanting to go into work or you're avoiding social situations, then we know that there's there's some room there for us to do some work. Thank you for diving into that. I was going to say, what are some of the symptoms of, I don't know if symptoms is the right word, of mm. negative thoughts? So what do people present with? How does negative thoughts hold them back? Mm. I think there can be so many, there's just so many ways of seeing it when Mm -hmm. somebody comes into therapy. And I think key ones are things like, say for example, if someone has social anxiety, Mm -hmm. then we're probably gonna see a high level of avoidance. You know, they're gonna avoid certain social situations that therefore make them anxious. Yeah. Um, Or if you are not sleeping very well, for example, because you're up worrying all night, Mm -hmm. then we often see a lot of sleep problems occurring. So we always try and understand, well, what's the behavior and and what's really causing it? So I suppose I would encourage your listeners to really think about, you know, what are they doing and and where is that coming from? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Going back now, I just want us to think about where does this negative thinking come from? I would have said from an NLP perspective that we talk about the communication model. Mm. So we say that we experience the world in our own unique way, how we interpret information that comes into us from the outside and it's what we do with it inside Mm -hmm. Uh, we believe that the map is not the territory and it's these internal representations that we make about an outside event that are not essentially the event itself yeah um so that's why people have different interpretations of an event so you might go through something i might go through something but our interpretation of it is completely different and our thoughts and everything are based on that Um, and as we get older a lot of how our brain internalizes this information is negative Mm -hmm. largely because it's your brain's job um to hold onto and learn from the bad stuff that it experiences yeah correct negative thinking patterns then become like this neural traits in your brain so if you get stressed out often about any little thing say it's road rage or 
an argument with a colleague. So your brain is then going to forge and strengthen these connections, making you more reactive. Mm -hmm. So if you expect the worst, I guess is what I'm saying, all situations, you're reinforcing this kind of thinking in your brain every time you engage in it. So that negative thought pattern in which you routinely engage in becomes like a default pathway. Yeah, Would you agree? 100%. And I think that one thing we teach in CBT is your thoughts are opinions and not facts. And that's really crucial for a lot of people to realize that, you know, the way that you think isn't evidence that it's true. Yeah. That actually the way that you think is just your opinion and your interpretation of what you are seeing or what you're going through. Um, and say I might have a situation happen to me and I might see it completely different yeah. than say how you would see it. And the difference in that is not the event, but yeah. how we interpret it and mm. how our personal experiences, our core beliefs, which we talk a lot about in CBT, how all of those things really shape our definition of what's going on. This is interesting stuff, listeners. Very <laughs> interesting. One of the things that I've always highlighted is your brain's priority is your survival. It's not actually your happiness. Mm. So that kind of falls into this, doesn't it, Nabila? Yeah, I think, you know, it's like you said, going back to it's your default after a while that, you know, sometimes we think and behave in ways just to keep us going half the time. Yeah, we do. Um, and I think it's really important that we constantly challenge ourselves and, you know, question, you know, the way that we think and the things that we do in order to just be content within yeah. ourselves. And listeners, me and Nabila have had experience in these different things. And, you know, we coach and we counsel our clients, but it doesn't mean that we don't experience the same things. And even the most successful people out there will still experience the same things. Yeah, you're right. And I think one thing that we also do is is not that we have these thoughts, it's that we know how to manage them. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. It's not that you're not going to ever have any negative thoughts because that's just unrealistic. Yeah. I think it's saying that you you have them, you recognize them and you work on challenging them. That's what we're really talking about today. So Nabil, I wish you was with me when I turned 29 plus change <laughs> last week um, because I was having some negative thoughts Um, And like you said, we do know as experienced professionals in this, how to manage them. But, Mm. you know, some of my negative thoughts were that I wasn't in the position I wanted to be. I didn't look like the Beyonce I wanted (laughs) to look like. Just to remind me. So when I'm going through those things and we're going to move into this now, but how do I deal with that? So I think it's firstly recognising, you know, that you're maybe... That I'm not not Beyonce. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you don't need to be Beyonce, you know, that's the difference. I'm Jayonce. (laughs) Jayonce. I think that's the difference is that, you know, you don't need to compare yourself because one thinking style we would say what you were doing there is compare and despair. You know, I'm comparing myself to Beyonce and I'm not her. And how do we not do that in this day and age? Where if you follow social media, my teenage sisters are constantly following and comparing their lives and what Mm. they look like to these fake women on Instagram. Yeah. So how do we do that? How do we say when we can't compare ourselves, when society is making it all about us comparing and being that next person, that next Kim Kardashian? Yeah, and I think that's the problem is that you know, the media has been around for a long time now. And if it wasn't Instagram or Facebook, it was the newspapers and the magazines. You know, it's been around for a while where we've constantly compared ourselves to people portrayed in the media that are idyllic in some way. But however, I do think it's changing. You know, I'm seeing people in adverts and on social media that are not uh, size zero and are not- I did try and get into that, by the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did. I tried to be the plus size dove model, but they never ever got back to oh, me. Oh, what a shame. I know. But um, I think it is changing because media companies do need to be more accountable for the images that they're portraying as being perfect. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the reality is there is no such thing as perfect. Yeah. So it's about embracing who you are, acknowledging that you don't need to be, like you said, the next Kim Kardashian or Beyonce. Yeah. Um, but that you can be just you and that's good enough. Well said, Nabila. Diving into that more, what would you say or what steps would you take to tell the listeners of how they overcome it, or what tools they would use, what techniques they would use? Yeah. Um, I had to think about this and I think there's such an array of techniques that we teach in CBT. Okay. But I thought I'd just kind of break down the most fundamental ones really. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things that you can do is to catch yourself when you're thinking in negative ways because I think what we do is we get so used to thinking in this way that we don't actually acknowledge what we're doing. One thing we teach with CBT is just to catch your thoughts so we do things like writing thought diaries, um, getting you to be very, very aware of the language that you're using to yourself, about mm-hmm. yourself, about other people, mm-hmm. and really just recognizing whenever you have an emotive change. So say, for example, you feel sad all of a sudden. Well, actually, we try and get you to see, well, it's not all of a sudden. You know, really, there's probably a reason why you feel that emotion. Right. And we try and, and, and form that connection. So you start to see, okay, I'm feeling sad today, but actually, you know what? Now I look back, I was thinking about this and I was worrying about this. And then I had an argument with this person. And then we say, okay, well, no wonder you feel sad. Okay, so yes, step one, listeners, is catching your thoughts. Okay, and any other steps? Yep, so step two, I would say, kind of as a sidestep from that, is to write down your thoughts. You know, write down how you're feeling, how you're thinking, how you're processing a situation. In CBT, we often use thought diaries, um, but you mm-hmm. can do that in any form. You know, you can write journals, you can write brainstorms out. Uh, for some people, it's writing poetry or doing artwork and expressing yourself through art. But finding some form of, of expression. Outlet? Yeah, outlet some expression. sort of outlet. Okay. Step three, I would say talk about how you're feeling, you know, whether that be with a significant other a friend, a partner, a parent, somebody that you feel you trust enough to be open with your feelings and the way that you're processing things. And what if some of our listeners don't have someone who they can talk to? Yeah, that can be hard because often it's not only that you don't have someone, but you don't feel able to talk about things. Um, and I think for that reason, then there are professionals that you can go to, like like you, you. like me, yeah. Um, so that can be accessed mainly through your GP, um, and you know you, you can find private therapists. But we can talk about that maybe okay. we'll afterwards. We'll, we'll get to that. So talk to someone if you can, listeners. If you have got someone that you can talk to, yeah. So step four, I would say, is to ask yourself what would a friend say to you. So what would a friend tell you if you were thinking in this way? And also the opposite. If some, if a friend was coming to you with this, what would you advise them? I like that. Yeah, so I think very much kind of take yourself out of the situation and look at it from an external point of view. So look from the outside in. Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh, step five, do distraction techniques. You know, keep yourself busy. 
That doesn't mean eat chocolates, listeners, all well, day long. Well, yeah, oh, okay. debatable. You can eat chocolates. <laughs> okay. Um, in moderation. I think it's about keeping yourself busy when you're thinking in negative ways. Because what we know is that if we're idle and we're thinking negatively, we're in trouble. Right, it makes it a lot worse. Yeah. yeah I can imagine that. So do things that you love, you know? Do the, all the things that you used to enjoy whether that be meeting up with a friend, mm-hmm. going for dinner, uh, going to the cinema, having a long hot bath with candles. Okay. But just keep your mind and your body occupied on something else. So that's the same as having things to look forward to as well, isn't yeah, it? Which exactly. helps. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So step six would be diffusion techniques. So diffusion techniques are basically when we step outside of the way that we think and we diffuse the thought. So what I mean by this is we see our thoughts in a different way. So an analogy that we use in CBT is the train analogy. So Mm. this is where we imagine your thoughts as you standing on a train platform. So I'm very big on visualizing myself. So right, so I'm gonna do this to help you out listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'm at Ealing Common Station and I'm standing on the actual platform waiting, yeah, for, the waiting train. for the train. I'm waiting for the train. Okay, I'm there. Yeah. Talk me through. So now the train's coming I and it. it says the destination on the front. Destination is Hammersmith. Okay. okay. Now Hammersmith is a very negative route in this scenario. Yeah. So now I couldn't agree more. Yep, okay. <laughs> So now you have a choice. Mm -hmm. Your choice is, are you going to board that train? Right. Or are you going to wait for the next one? Oh. So this is your choice in how you also deal with negative thoughts. So do you want to jump on and engage with that negative thinking? Or do you want to stop, let it pass and wait for the next one? What if I'm impatient? Then you're going to jump on the train and And you're going to have to engage with the negative thoughts. Okay. So what we're teaching is actually sometimes it's better just to wait. Just to wait, wait it out. Wait it out, yeah, let the thought pass and then wait for the next destination. That actually is probably a bit calmer. It's not so noisy, there's less passengers. Uh, And actually that is the train that you really want to be on. Love that listeners. Look at the quality that we're bringing you on this show. Back to you, Nabila. So step seven is look for the good. This is being grateful for what you do have, for the things that you should be happy about. In CBT, we talk about writing gratitude diaries. A really just simple but helpful technique is to think about the three good things a day. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, just jot down three good things that you're really grateful for. And it could be things that are very simple, like I'm grateful that someone opened the door for me today, or I'm grateful for the fact that I have food in my house. What we know through research is that if we do that every day, Mm -hmm. we start to shift the way that we see the world. Right. So step eight would be to check your environment and ask yourself, is it too negative? And I think you touched on this with one of your previous podcasts around toxic people. Yeah. And it basically is that. It's saying if you have things or people in your life that are not reinforcing positive beliefs Mm -hmm. and positive ways of being, then maybe step back from it. Because- Distance yourself, listeners. Yeah. Because what we're saying is your your environment is crucial yeah. in the way that you see yourself, the way that you see the world, the way that you see other people. Okay. So it's really important to just take a step and, and really acknowledge whether your environment is a positive, happy one. And a healthy one. A healthy yeah. one, yeah. I like that. Step nine 
would be to practice some mindfulness. So CBT is very big um, in incorporating a mindfulness approach, mm-hmm. which is what we call a third wave therapy approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is basically being able to stay in the here and now, stay present, don't focus too much on the future, which ca- causes elements of worry. Yeah, And don't ruminate. So that means go over and over things that have happened in the past, okay. because then that is likely to cause feelings of low mood. Right. So ways of doing mindfulness are things like connecting with nature, for example, going for walks, uh, being by the sea. Um, there's also things like doing breathing exercises in order to, you know, feel your breath, feel present, feel connected to your body. And there's things online, isn't there, in terms of mindfulness that you can quickly just Google and they give you a little script where you can just pay more attention to your breathing. Yeah, there's loads of stuff online. And I think, you know, there's loads of things on YouTube even. And although I'm not being paid or endorsed to say this, um, Headspace is a really good app that you can download. Yeah, Headspace is good. To help you sleep, to help you be more mindful, to help with loads of of common mental health problems or just daily stress. Mm. And the last step I would say is to start your day right. And what I mean by that is be very aware of how you're starting the beginning part of your day because we know that that is crucial in how the rest of the day will go. Right. So for some people that might be waking up and having 10 minutes of meditation Mm -hmm. or waking up and listening to your podcast. (laughs) or having a morning routine. So I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna redo some reading, I'm gonna jump in the shower, I'm gonna eat a good breakfast, uh, I'm gonna you know, catch up with the news if that's what I'm interested in, I'm gonna t- check the stock market if that's what I'm interested in. Okay. But have a routine that makes you feel positive and productive. Um, and we know that those first 10 to 15 minutes of the day are, are really crucial. Okay, thank you for those steps. I think they were very helpful. And I've definitely even taken a few away myself, mainly catching my thoughts whilst they are happening and being mindful Mm. and and practicing mindfulness. So I think those are really good takeaway points. So please make sure you do try out some of those. Like Nabila said, she's not endorsing Headspace, but if you can, I think you can download an app, isn't it? Mm, There's an app for Headspace allow you to practice some of these techniques i think just from an nlp perspective i would just throw in one more thing which is kind of covered anyway but in nlp we don't actually stop negative thoughts as such we simply reduce its intensity and the negative thought simply fades away so to make a negative thought become less intense you would ask three questions and these questions aren't for you to look in the mirror and ask them yourselves predominantly for a coach or a therapist to do with you these questions are How do you know you have that negative thought? What do you want to do about that problem or that situation? And the third question is, what happens after you do that? Mm. So those are some of the things that we use. Mm, They're good ones. Just to add in there. The other thing on that point is um, with CBT as well, we often Mm -hmm. actively challenge the thought, which I think is the topic of this, which is how do you know that what you're thinking is true? Mm. So say, for example, I think that everybody at work hates me. Mm-hmm. We question that. Okay, so let's write out the negative thought. The negative thought is everyone at work hates me. Mm-hmm. And we do two things. We A, look at the evidence for that way of thinking. How do you know that? You know, yeah. and we list yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So it might be so-and-so didn't say hello to me or so-and-so didn't offer to buy me lunch. 
Uh, and we list them out. So we get a sense of, well, why do you believe this? And then we do the opposite, which is okay, now let's flip the script. And how do you know that this isn't true? So oh. what evidence do you have that this could be wrong? Right. And that might be things like, well, actually, yesterday so-and-so did say hello to me okay or last thursday someone brought me a coffee in mm -hmm. so we then start to rebalance and reevaluate how mm -hmm. accurate your thought is right and then what we see is that a shift starts to occur people start to see their thoughts in a different way and really question whether their way of thinking is actually really accurate interesting that sounds really good so Nabila, if our listeners are not necessarily going through some of these problems or issues themselves, what would you do if it was someone close to you, someone that you cared about, someone in your circle, your partner, your family member? Would those techniques work for them, even if they didn't want to do it? Because one of the things I always say is you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. What suggestions or tips would you give to those people who want to help those close to them? So I think there's five main ones that we can think about. I think the first one would be watch out for signs that they are struggling so how do you know that this person's going through something are you noticing a change in their behavior mm -hmm. uh, are they saying things to you that cause you some concern right are they maybe staying away from certain situations like they're not really seeing anybody or they're not speaking about things mm -hmm. so really like watch out for signs for people that you love and care for that they're going through something okay and yeah. then i suppose following on from that if you did notice that mm -hmm. i'd say try and have you know that conversation with them right try and speak to them openly about some of your concerns and it might be something simple like you know i can see that you're struggling and i'm just wondering do you want to talk about it right okay you know in a very kind of non-directive non-attacking way but mm -hmm. almost about like just being supportive yeah yeah that works um, one thing I say then following on from that is try and listen, but without judgment. And I think that's a big thing that we do is sometimes people just need to be heard. Okay. They without don't necessarily, judged, yeah. yeah, they don't necessarily want advice yeah, yeah. or sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they just need to speak. We often think like, oh, you know, I don't know what to say to them or I don't know what advice I should mm -hmm. give. But sometimes just being there is just enough. It's enough, yeah. So I think remember that just kind of having conversations, supporting them, just being an ear to listen is is really helpful for, for a lot of us. I'd also say try and help take some of the load off for them. Mm -hmm. So for that, it might be just think about what is it that they're struggling with and how can you help them with that? Mm -hmm. And it might be something simple like, oh, helping them pick up the kids from school one day yeah, or making them dinner yeah reading their dissertation or their essay if you notice they're getting stressed out about it yeah so i think it's just offering your assistance in whatever you can yeah, do you to can. help and the last thing i'd say is encourage them to get support if mm -hmm. you feel that they need it um i think there's a big stigma about you know going to a professional and going to therapy and going to a coach yeah. but actually it's really positive and yeah. i think we're getting better but i think we've got a long way to go definitely in recognizing that there's nothing wrong with getting help mm -hmm. because actually what you're therefore doing is you're saying you know what i'm i am struggling but i want to change yeah or encouraging them to access support you're also telling them that you're also saying well actually you know what there's nothing wrong there's with nothing that good yeah there's nothing wrong with going to see a therapist or going to see a coach because what you're doing is you're therefore working on yourself and therefore you're going to get better perfect but what support is out there what help is out there 
there's quite a lot um but it's also knowing what is what, available yeah um i think one of the biggest sources of support is a service that i work within um which is the iapt service so that stands for improving access to psychological therapies and that is a free nhs service that is available to everybody in the uk if they're 16 and above so you can access those services through your gp or through self-referrals usually right unfortunately the downside to that there are very high waiting times yeah i've heard yeah sometimes they're a bit too long for people to wait mm -hmm. which is where i suppose a private therapist would come in mm -hmm. and you know usually with private therapy you can see them within days okay so you know if you want to be seen asap then that's another route to take uh, and you can often just making sure that they're accredited mm -hmm. and that you get along with them, really. Mm. That you have a rapport. You have a it? rapport, yeah. yeah, is really important. There's also the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. So if you know of anyone or you yourself feel at all suicidal in any way or just that you feel that you're not coping, mm -hmm. then you can call the Samaritans who are open 24-7. Okay. A simple number for them is just 116-123. Mm -hmm. One one six one two three. Yes, okay. so just six numbers that you need to remember. Okay. The last thing that I would mention is just some online resources that are also available. Um, so maybe another thing to add is a website that I use quite a lot actually, which is called Get Self Help. Okay. Um, and on there they have like loads of podcasts or mindfulness approaches. They have handouts. They have things that you can read. They have materials that you can use oh, good. and you know we use that a lot in therapy actually but it's just a way of kind of just accessing more information about what you're going through and everything on there is is free and readily available excellent just another question as well i have there so if anyone wanted to and i know you do this who didn't have the time uh, to meet with a, a therapist one-to-one -one. is there any way you can do work online or skype yeah. sessions etc yeah mm. definitely i think we live in a world which is very fast-paced and everyone's Incredibly. working a lot and yeah. doing things and there's the kids and then there's the home and there's there's definitely now more options when it comes mm -hmm. to therapy and i think you know i deliver therapy face to face but now i also do it online so mm -hmm. like through a, a messenger medium right. um, and i also offer skype sessions mm -hmm. um there's also telephone sessions that people offer right and group therapy so there's loads of, of ways and it's just finding one that works for you really great listeners so i hope you got all that information and like i said we will make sure that all of this information is available on our website at the end of this on the instagram our spotify soundcloud and itunes will also have all of these links as well as nabila's direct link so nabila if you can just tell us if anyone wanted to get through to you directly how do they do that and and how do your sessions work yeah so i think if you did want some support or even just a brief phone consultation to decide whether it's something that you want to do you can usually contact me through email okay. um which is nabila at psychme.co.uk or if you really just put my name in google you'll come up with some details of how to contact me okay. there'll be a phone number and email so listeners if you want to get through to nabila directly and you want to have any cbt therapy sessions with her then please do follow the links that i will make sure that are available on our website and at the end of this episode okay so let's just finish off with some final words so anything else you want to say on that nabila i think just as a final word i'd say you know we do all struggle from time to time we do in our lives and i think that's a really normal part of being human yeah <laughs> and i think it's really important to acknowledge that and and be compassionate towards yourself that you know you are going to go through periods of life where it is going to be hard 
And I think it's just acknowledging that that's okay. Um, but it's more about also acknowledging when it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going through longer periods where you just feel you're not coping mm-hmm. uh, and that it's okay to ask for help. And I think part of the work that we do is go into their organizations and, you know, offer workshops to the staff mm-hmm. um, because we often know that people feel shameful or they feel embarrassed to talk to their bosses about struggling yeah so we're kind of trying to do it in an informal way which is you just go in and we're talking to everybody yeah and, and people and don't a lot of them need that as well don't yeah they? Mm-hmm. so you don't have to self-disclose mm-hmm. but it's just showing you that you know your your company your organization cares about your well-being mm-hmm. and actually i think it's it's shifting that culture in a lot of workplaces that they do need to support their staff not just in physical health which mm-hmm. you know they they, they do have a big focus on as well yeah. yeah but more about their mental health as well you know if you're putting pressure on people to perform and meet targets and you know be on time every day actually that's going to come with a consequence so what we're saying is let's support people in the workplace Mm -hmm. rather than them having to go outside of the workplace and get support good so listeners if you are in a in big employer it doesn't even have to be a big employer or no, organization, any doesn't it? Yeah. then i would definitely have those conversations with your manager uh, and let them know you think this is something that should be introduced within your workplace to help not just you but your colleagues and even the managers themselves yeah definitely will help and you can get someone like nabila to come in and who be able to do that so i just want to say a big thank you to our special guest nabila thank you so much for taking this time today to come in and to talk to us on this very significant topic like Nabila says she sees private clients who are struggling with any of these issues and more so anything really any mood disorder if you're struggling in any way in any part of your life then therapy is probably a good avenue to just try and explore that a bit further okay so please do contact her if you have any of those so thank you listeners for tuning in to the changing lanes podcast episode 12 and we will speak to you again in a few weeks time thank you and have a great few weeks Thank you for listening to the Change in Lanes podcast. We will be back every other Monday. So please subscribe to our Spotify, SoundCloud or iTunes accounts. Please leave comments and email us directly with any challenges that you may be going through at info at roadtochangecoaching.com. If you've been touched by any of the topics discussed, we have included a list of resources for you to contact directly. Have a great few weeks and start making those changes in your life.